Welcome to the Way of the Weaver podcast, where we explore magic, justice, and community. Thanks for showing up to our queer-centric, radically enchanted conversations. Our world needs your magic. I'm Jamie Wagner. My pronouns are she and her, and I'm coming to you from Muskogee land in so-called Alabama. I'm Murphy Robinson. My pronouns are they or he, and I'm coming to you from Indakana, the land of the Abenaki people, also known as Vermont. Welcome to episode six of the Way of the Weaver podcast. And today we're going to be talking about Weaver Camp. It's a new format for our work. And we just had Weaver Camp and it's a standalone weekend of magic and ritual that was held on Murphy's land in the mountains, green mountains of Vermont. And it was really great. It was so fun. It's definitely a highlight of my summer so far. Um, And now that you're back home in Alabama and you've had some time to digest all of our time together, Jamie, I'm wondering what were some of the highlights for you? So many highlights. <laughs> it's really hard to pick. Um, but I think um, one of the best things was seeing our Weaver community expand and how um, we had Weavers who had been with us from the very beginning, who entered somewhere in the middle <laughs> and brand new Weavers. And I love seeing that come together. Um, you know, I just, I also just loved sitting in circles surrounded by the beauty of nature, um, talking to each other, learning, sharing uh, stories and information. And it was just like among these tall, beautiful trees around the side of a campfire. <laughs> it was like, it was gorgeous. And I felt like at Weaver Camp this year, um, we wove a really beautiful story about people and their sovereignty and their interconnectivity with the land. And we used these well-known tales of King Arthur and Avalon and the Lady of the Lake and came up with some really incredible and somewhat unexpected um, results from that. (laughs) So what about you, Murphy? What were some of the highlights for you? Well, definitely the rituals. Um, We had a ritual on Saturday night and a ritual on Sunday night, and they were both really amazing. They were super different from each other. They were both like so powerful. And, you know, like it's like the level of ritual that kind of like makes you change life direction a little bit almost, I feel like, like, or like guides Mm -hmm. you in the Mm -hmm. big choices Mm -hmm. you're making about about your life in these like chaotic times you know we just went through major flooding in this region of Vermont so there's a lot of people reevaluating a a lot of things including me and like I just found this really really helpful and nourishing um in that way and it was great to see um see our longtime weavers jump into really strong roles of like support and co-creation in those rituals and also have some of the new people jump right in with with co-creation and Mm -hmm. also to just see the new people like get to witness what our rituals are like because I think they're pretty unique in a lot of ways and so it was really fun to see people um you know kind of see their their eyes get big and 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 their their hearts get big and just like experiencing the energy of what we do together that is like so hard to describe in words if you haven't been there um (laughs) we we try but it's hard um and um yeah also just like all the little conversations and the in-between moments with people um watching people get to know each other uh new people and longtime folks kind of connecting over different things um 
And um, yeah, I mean, just anytime I get to like be in the presence of our longtime weavers and um, our web tenders, who are people who've stepped into kind of a mentor role um, in the community. It's just, I just love those folks. They're so amazing and getting to be around them <laughs> is such a gift. Um, yeah, and are. I just feel, feel like the culture that we've been building in the Weaver program for, I guess, four years now um, is just proving so vibrant and strong and it felt like it really blossomed at camp this summer. So that was really, really rewarding and nourishing for me. Um, yeah, that was, um, it was really fun. I know there were at least three people, I think, that had been with us since we started in 2019 that were at yeah. Weaver Camp. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. <laughs> the whole arc of things. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. How do you think it went, Jamie, having the mix of um, brand new folks and longtime weavers in, in that sharing that space together? Uh, I actually loved it. I thought it was fantastic, um, you know, because I guess people, uh, you know, probably don't really know what to expect. And I think more than anything, you know, it challenged us a little bit as facilitators because we wanted to, you know, uh, have a good mix of explaining things just enough so that new people, um, have you know, feel like it's accessible to them and that they know what they're supposed to do and and how the community works and all those things. And then also not boring the uh, <laughs> returning weavers with too much commentary or skill building or things like that. And I think I think you and I brought a really good mix of that stuff. And I also um, I feel like just our group culture creates a really nice atmosphere because people feel safe to stretch a little bit. And so, you know, the integrating new people wasn't really that hard, you know, what do you think about that? Yeah, I thought it went really well. Um, And I think, I think we did hit a pretty good balance of like, not over explaining things. I mean, we spent a lot of time in the beginning, just like, bringing people into the group agreements that we hold at our gatherings and really kind of like setting the container in a like very, very intentional way. Um, and I think that was, was really worth it and made, um, made new, new and new and old folks feel like we were all going to be on the same page and we could like relax into those expectations of like safety and support. Um, and, and I was really pleased at how it, it, it felt like it started to turn into more of a like, natural mentoring phenomenon where people who've been there a long time could kind of like be guides if needed for folks who were newer to the space and everyone could kind of explain it to each other and it didn't have to be as much like formal teaching as we maybe had to do in the beginning of of this whole endeavor four years ago um and yeah it just it started to feel like that natural mentoring culture was kicking in mm-hmm. which i thought was really beautiful felt really yeah strong. i agree i would definitely agree so this is the first time as weavers we've ever worked with the lady of the lake. <laughs> um, and she was such a character. <laughs> she was fun. <laughs> she was fun. Pretty unexpected, um, actually. <laughs> yeah, completely unexpected. Um, so for, you know, to, for folks that did not come to Weaver Camp, you know, our, we did a ritual on Saturday with the Lady of the Lake, and then we did a different ritual on Sunday, which folk, which we'll talk about in a minute that had a different focus. But um, for Lady of the Lake ritual, we, um, I was in aspect. So what that means is I invited the energy of this being to take up 
presence in my physical body and, you know, use my voice and use my actions and use my body to communicate and interact with, with folks in ritual. So, uh, and this is a technology that it's a, it's a pretty advanced magical technology and we do teach it. Um, you know, we teach it in our spider threads cohort, our nine month cohort. So I was aspecting the lady of the lake and, you know, it really brought home to me the fact that the people that write down stories control the narrative, um, especially when it comes to these older tales and mythologies, because I think, you know, I, you know, I did a lot of prep work with the Lady of the Lake, um, you know, in advance of camp um, to sort of step into this role in ritual. And I would say, you know, I, Murphy, you probably remember me describing her as being very elemental. And, you know, um, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't really get a, like a sense, I got a sense of her, like energetic signature, almost like the signature of her energy, but I didn't really get like a sense of, um, like a personality. I don't know how else to describe it. And so what was funny and surprising is when she showed up <laughs> for our ritual, she had this very high sing-songy voice and she like moved and flowed and played with like all the, the like the clothing that she was wearing and she just moved like water like the entire time and was just kind of flowing and you know speaking in this voice that I've actually tried to replicate since I've come home and I can't I can't you know I can't find it and like you know honestly she was more like a water sprite honestly and and I think, you know, at least for me going into it, when I think of the lady of the lake, you know, I think of like this sort of like noble sort of like landed gentry sort of lady character showing up. And that was not thing like what she was at all. No, like, she was so playful, you know, so relational, like, yeah. yeah, she was very approachable. Yeah, she was much more like a water sprite, like, um, you know, possibly Faye, something like that, like an elemental type of spirit. And um, it was interesting because she said, you know, we were asking her about sovereignty and all these very serious questions about what's happening to our climate. And she was answering, I mean, she was bringing it. She was bringing some very like serious, tough answers, but she was delivering them in the most unexpectedly playful way. <laughs> that you went away from the ritual. I mean, one of our web tenders used the term um, galvanized, right? Like you walked away, like not upset by the seriousness of what she was saying. You walked away feeling uplifted and nourished and like you wanted to go out and activate some of these changes and step into sovereignty. So that was really cool. I think that's a big part of why experiential magic and ritual that you can do in community uh, is so important. Yeah. yeah Talk about did... the prophecy. Talk about the oh. prophecy, Murphy, because you were the one that was asking those questions for the group. <laughs> <laughs> so so in our uh, Weaver rituals where we have a deity present and aspect, um, we always, before the ritual, we workshop a bunch of group questions um, that we want to, usually three group questions of like, what are the things we want to ask about the state of the world or or our community from this particular deity? Like, what do we want their insight on? Um and um, the Lady of the Lake had so much to say about these things um, in, her, in her like playful sing-song delivery, talked about some like pretty, pretty stiff things. Um, and she she started by like um, she had a, an apple that had been cut in half crosswise, like on the equator. Mm -hmm. um, and so you could see the pentagram in the 
in the apple with like the five pockets for the seeds. And she she went into this whole little sing-song trancy poem thing where she said, five points, five seeds, five fears, five tears, five minutes, five days, five ways, five years. It was like this magical incantation okay. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but she really landed on that like five years thing. Five years was very important. And she told us that we who can do magic, we have a lot of work to do. And the magic people are the people that can do this work. They can they can break through um, in the ways that are needed. And mm-hmm. she said, we have five years. And in five years, everyone will be too busy and there will be too many things happening at once. And it, yeah. I mean, it, it sounded like a very like apocalyptic timeline that she was communicating yeah, to yeah, us. Yeah, it did. It did. Um, <laughs> it was pretty clear. Um and um, so I asked her the first question that the group had uh, written together, uh, which was, there were, was more of the question, but the basis of it was, how do we navigate the times ahead? And she said, in a boat. <laughs> and we all were like really taken back, especially because we just experienced really major flooding here in Vermont. So a lot of people have like some water trauma right now. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, we have photographs of people like kayaking down Main Street in Montpelier, like during the flood and stuff. So this was very like fresh for us that had happened like less than two weeks earlier. Um, And so we asked her if she meant a literal boat. um, Mm -hmm. And she said both, Uh, (laughs) meaning both like a mental and emotional boat and a literal boat. She's like, yeah, a boat that you can put your feet into and go a boat for multiple people. So there was like a bit of a Noah's Ark aspect to her. Uh, yeah, to almost. Saying. It was funny that she was so literal. I mean, uh, you know, th- at that point in the ritual, it was so funny because she d- she was just like a boat, of course. <laughs> Silly yeah, humans. I mean, I, in my mind, in that moment, I started mentally inventorying like how many canoes I have in the land and how many people <laughs> we could fit in them. I like, was like, oh gosh, we got to think about this. Um, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Noah's Ark. It was so funny, like in the dual consciousness of having a deity inside myself and also being somewhat present myself. Um, although I'm, you know, very much in the background in my mind's eye, I'm seeing Murphy's land with us constructing an ark, like, like uh-huh. up where you have, like where the root cellar is dug, like there's yep. like us constructing Start building the pirate ship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was, uh, that felt like a climate change prophecy in some ways. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so then the next question that we asked her was, what lesson does water bring us? And she told us a little parable about um, the boulder is in the stream, but the water finds the easiest path, the least resistance. The people are the water. The water goes around the boulder, even though it doesn't know what is on the other side. Before long, the boulder becomes a pebble. So that I thought was a really beautiful little parable about like how we move past obstacles in this time that's supposed to be like pretty busy and and hardworking um, in the world um, of like, and especially that part about the water goes around the boulder, even though it doesn't know what is on the other side felt like kind of, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the words of that web tenor kind of galvanizing, like, okay, we just need to like, continue forward. It like, I feel like it brings people like bravery to hear that. Mm-hmm. um keep flowing then, keep flowing <laughs> yeah exactly um and our next question was how do we balance bravery hope and grief because so many of us are holding like um yeah. a big grief around the things happening in the world right now and the flooding that happened in our community and everything um 
And um, she told us to talk to each other. Um, she said people need to take turns, talk to each other, be honest, tell people your real feelings. It kind of like sounded like she was talking about co-counseling and witnessing for each other. Right. Um, yeah. And she said, water is all the things. It's happy, it's sad, it's the other emotions, but water is never scared. Sovereignty mm-hmm. equals not scared. Um, and we'd been talking a lot in the weekend before leading up to this ritual about sovereignty and what does that mean and um, how do we empower ourselves with sovereignty? So um, that was an interesting message from her about that. She also told us at one point that sovereignty doesn't have to be serious because she was not being, <laughs> see, I mean, yeah. I, I almost want to say she wasn't being serious. She was, she was telling us very serious things, but not in a serious manner. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, she, um, she mentions to a few different people uh, how sweetness is one of our most precious resources. And I got this real feeling of, you know, by her saying sovereignty isn't serious. It, she's like, don't forget to laugh. Don't forget to smile. Don't forget to have joy. Like, you know, you, you, these things are not mutually exclusive and which I think she, she got that term out of, out of my brain <laughs> while she was, and she was very much uh, entranced by that. Like the, the idea of two things being mutually exclusive. She's like, no, 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 <laughs> that's, uh-huh. that's not the case with sovereignty. So totally. yeah. Totally. Yeah. So this prophecy was really um, powerful for, for me, I think for a lot mm-hmm. of people there and, and interesting to have this like really precise timeline of five years and to be told mm-hmm. that magical people have a lot of work to do that we specifically have like the skill set that can be useful and that can turn some things around in this time period and a lot of us afterwards were, were talking about like oh five in five years we have a really big presidential election here in the united states and mm-hmm. like that could be really consequential in like which way things turn and maybe some of the work we have to do is towards like just building building positive culture that can play out on in, in our political and legal system as well as on all the other levels um yeah. but you know who knows what else will happen in five years we'll we'll find out in uh 2028 <laughs> oh yeah oh my gosh just talking with uh you right now and reliving some of those moments um it was powerful it was really powerful 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 magic and then so that was saturday and so sunday <laughs> we again entered a really powerful ritual circle but it was completely different. Um, we decided to do uh, what we called the uh, the what, the Council of the Nine Weavers of Avalon, and we changed the you know typically uh, when when Avalon is spoken of, it's it's talked about that it's tended by priestesses, right? And so we wanted to use like a more general gender neutral term, so we changed it just to weavers, and. Um, it was a different time. It was a different type of ritual. We've never tried it before. It worked really well. It was based on the idea of a Quaker style meeting where anyone can speak if they feel inspired by spirit. So everyone came into the ritual circle and was invited to try scrying and, and prophecy if they wanted to. And we had been advised earlier by the Lady of the Lake to use the, the runes, the Norse runes, to help us get in touch with these nine weavers of Avalon, essentially like nine priestessing roles or specialties, right? Like a like the artisan and the lore keeper and the law speaker and the seer. Um, and we had our amazing bard, Fern, Maddie, <laughs> who does the music for this podcast, was there supporting us with her guitar music in the background. And um, 
Council had a lot to say. Uh, I was the scribe and I took five pages of notes <laughs> from that ritual. You want to share some of that, Murphy? Share some of the, 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 some of the main points from, from all that wisdom that was shared. Yeah, it was it was so interesting in that process too. That the, the way the way it worked was we had these like mingling moments with music, and then people could choose mm -hmm. to sit down in the chair of a particular weaver, you know, such as mm -hmm. the law speaker or the seer or the hearth keeper, mm -hmm. um, and then they would speak wisdom coming through from that archetype and from that being. Um, so it wasn't full aspecting like we'd done in the in the um, time before it, but and it, it really right. gave everyone i mean we did multiple rounds so everyone got a chance to like sit in one of these seats of wisdom and um it was cool to see how different people sitting in the same seat would bring forth really similar really compatible messages when they were in that seat like it just it felt like the energy mm. was coming through in a really consistent way um yes but, and and regardless whether the person was like a really experienced magical practitioner or a fairly new person it, it still felt like that was like functioning so that was a really cool thing in the in the the ritual container but um I mean, some of the things that we kept on hearing were um, get ready to welcome those who are different from you to your table. Um, yes. It, it mm -hmm. kind of felt to me like a message around like climate migration a little bit um, mm -hmm. and um, learning a craft or an art that will benefit you and your community, you know, skilling up. Um, yeah. yeah, like the like those analog skills. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, like Jamie, you told me you're going to learn canning based on this ritual yeah. you decided to yeah, learn to like, canned <laughs> fruits and vegetables <laughs> yes i'm going to learn food preservation and um also some like mending by hand so uh -huh. yeah because yeah. i i went home and I, I took it seriously i was like i gotta think about how i'm gonna skill up <laughs> yeah yeah and i i mean i have a lot of living off the land skills already that's part of what i do but i'm looking at some pretty serious uh training and forward motion in like building and housing and tiny houses as a resource that i can provide for my mm -hmm. community um that is really useful moving forward. So yeah, I think a lot of us are like, oh yeah, what are the concrete things we can do to help our communities? Yeah, um, and exactly. another, another thing was defending the laws of nature for all beings against the violence. Um, there were a lot of strong words of like, don't cooperate with cruel laws, basically. Mm, um, yeah. Which legal stuff is definitely really up in our country now more and more so than at other time periods, I feel like. Um, uh, there was also messages that beauty is what keeps us alive uh, mm -hmm. and stories are what keep us alive. So there were messages around like mm -hmm. the importance of, importance of culture building, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we, and the whole five pages of notes are really amazing. We're not going to read them all here, but those were some of the main themes. <laughs> We'd be here a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this also yeah. just felt like such a successful ritual format. You know, I feel like we've been experimenting over the years with different forms of ritual that don't involve aspecting because doing like two or three aspecting rituals in a weekend is too much for everybody it's like yeah it's too much to it handle. Is. It's, like that day, yeah, day is so intense and they tend to go long because people often get like individual consults with the deity and everything um mm -hmm. so we've been looking for these more uh like slightly lighter but still deep and meaningful ritual formats that don't have a specific god in the room really but like uh, are allowing everyone to participate and this felt like the most successful version of that we've done so far i loved it i absolutely loved it and i loved how people really did like lean into it people really leaned in to um you know sitting in a spot like a lot of people had the comment of like well I didn't know I was gonna sit in that particular role but I did and it was amazing 
um, you know, and it was, it, it just, it really felt like such a beautiful, like community created. And I, I can't even like, yeah, it's so, um, you know, that ritual was very, uh, Homer, if you kind of help me find the words here, it was very, uh, I almost want to say egalitarian or like, you know, it's like everybody was on the same level uh, and like yeah. we were all powerful together and we were all creating it together. And that I'm like getting chills again. Like that was just, it was so cool to even experience that part of it, you know, even outside of whatever the, the council of nine weavers had to say. Yeah, I think that that worked really well. And I think it also worked really well that we did it on the last night of the gathering because people yeah. had time to learn to trust each other and to learn to trust the space and learn that it was safe to take risks. And I think that that really was beautifully manifest in that ritual. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it was really great. Um, I think that it, I mean, I think it's something we'll probably use again in some form. Um, this sort of like, I almost, I just want to call it, it's, it's the Quaker Council style meeting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> For lack of a better word. Um, yeah, I yeah, feel like I the think... distinction between this and a Quaker meeting is that like, in Quaker meeting, everyone is waiting and sitting, waiting for messages from God to come through that they're supposed to speak. And in this, it was like, there were different archetypes you could choose and like mm -hmm. it was um I guess, I guess there were more gods invited to speak through people in a certain way in a way that like <laughs> yeah, made it yeah, yeah. really diverse and interesting but it it definitely mm -hmm. had had a lot of um basic bones in common with a Quaker meeting which which is yeah. a format that I like it had better music I, though Quaker meetings don't usually have music did have best, <laughs> Both did have and music. also um another <laughs> weaver that was there playing the drums um and did a really yeah. amazing job with that yeah, and that was part of what was real cool because we didn't know that this particular weaver was going to show up and support us with drum, but they did for both uh, rituals. And this was a new person to the group, and that was really cool. We had another new person who uh, showed up with nine scrying bowls that we got to put under each of the nine chairs, and so people had something to like hold in their hands and focus on. And I loved that that we had this also anchored with the the runes coming in and helping because we've worked with the runes and the rune whites so much in Way of the Weaver that that felt like it really helped anchor things. So a lot of things coming together that made that really good. Yeah. Oh, and fresh mugwort from your land. That was so cool, too. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well... Speaking of your land and all the bounty that we experience, um, I think we both have gratitude for good weather, gratitude for flex time in the afternoon, where both of us were able to take naps, which was amazing and awesome and had not happened before. Um, yeah, and of course we of course we had our our wild rose and acorn teaming up to provide us with amazingly good food the entire time. So yes. we're always well fed at Weaver events. <laughs> yes, K is for kitchen is their catering name. If anyone else wants amazing food for their <laughs> gatherings, um, yeah, the the food is always such an incredible highlight because of all the work that Wild Rose does to um create a culturally aligned menu that is like mm -hmm. based in welsh food ways of that time period and like mm -hmm. just adds this level of correspondence and deliciousness to the the gathering mm -hmm. that is that yeah. is so special and um this was the first time we did one um on the land where i live in the past we've rented like places that actually have buildings and that sort of thing but i've expanding the sort of 
camp uh, infrastructure on my land. So now we have like a toilet there and a little kitchen and stuff. Um, and it felt very appropriate to have it there because we were doing the Lady of the Lake, who is such a water spirit. And we have Hancock Brook flowing right by, right through the land. And, you know, a little further down the brook, there's these amazing swimming holes that people went down to every afternoon. <laughs> and like that, the presence of that mountain stream, I felt like was like just another, another character in our weekend in a really strong way. So that felt Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you could hear the brook the whole time, just kind of underscoring everything that was happening. Yeah, it was still kind of swollen from the flood week. <laughs> yeah. And, p- and people love those swimming holes. Oh, my gosh, they love them so much. <laughs> yes. I think if we had a Weaver weekend that had nothing but swimming holes and Rose's cooking, people would still come if they've been here before because they would be like, that's the best part. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, I think that was a really good review of some of the highlights of Weaver Camp. Um, So, goodness, I mean, I guess it's time to move on to the next thing. Um, Murphy, what sort of things do you have coming up? Well, um, I'm going to Vermont Witch Camp um, in a little while here. It's uh, August 19th to 25th this year in 2023. Um, and it's the first one we've had since 2019. It's actually the first one we've had yeah. since we started the Weaver program. <laughs> um, so um, it's going to be fun to go back there. That's the place where Jamie and I met um, doing pre-stix mm-hmm. work at that camp. Yeah. Um, and one of our web tenders is oh, our sort of Weaver mentors, longtime people is also going to be there. So they and I are probably going to be holding some activities there, maybe a little ritual or something like that. There's a lot of flexibility cool. in that program to just like create emergent programming based on a conversation you have in the dining hall or something like that. So I'm excited to go back to witch camp and, uh, and hang out with some people there. And then also for us coming up, um, our next big thing is the death priestessing class, uh, which is a yeah. zoom based class, but don't get scared off because our zoom made classes are very cool. <laughs> yeah. They're <laughs> really tell, fun. We get, we get really all the good time feedback that they're like, <laughs> yeah astounded and blown away by how much um community we managed to create with each other um with the zoom based classes so that's going to start in january 2024 but registration is open now and we are starting to have um quite a few registrations trickle in so wayoftheweaver.com is the place to um head over there and see the work we're going to do with that and you know feels all the more relevant now that we know that we have you know five years to build the boats so come on down (laughs) this could be another one of those skill sets that we need right (laughs) yeah (laughs) jamie what do you have coming up um yeah so i just finished uh attending some conferences and presentations and things like that so um, the biggest thing that's going on with me right now if you if you want to support my work and you also love hades Um, You can pre-order my book, Hades, Myth, Magic, and Modern Devotion. It's being published by Llewellyn. If you go to their website, you can find it and you can pre-order a copy and that supports me. I I do get a percentage of those proceeds and the print copies of the book begin shipping in February, 2024. Um, You can see a copy of the cover there on Llewellyn's website. And also I think I have, I think five editorial reviews now from folks that got to um, read the book uh, while it's being edited and published and it's getting good reviews and that's really cool so check that out if you're interested i can attest and it's really I'll... good i got to read parts of it too <laughs> thank you murphy and also uh save the date because we've just spent the last half hour talking about how cool weaver camp was so we decided we'll do it again next year <laughs> and weaver camp will be june 27th through the 30th that's a thursday through sunday 
um, in 2024. So mark your calendars uh, if you want to come and experience that for yourself. Yes, I'm really excited <laughs> that we're able to have these Weaver camps to keep growing the community, and and they're also a much a much much more accessible program um, financially. Like it's it's you know one short weekend and there's a sliding scale and that sort of thing. We do hope to be teaching the Spider Cohort nine month programs again, probably starting next year. We won't be having one this fall just because of everything we have going on. The books being published and lots of lots of stuff is up right now. Yeah. But um, yeah. the Weaver camps do feel like they're really like holding down the the momentum of the the culture building and the magic in a really beautiful way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks y'all for listening um, to our review of Weaver Camp. I hope you're excited about all these things just like we are. And I think that's it for today. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see you again next month. <laughs>